0: Hello, and welcome to the Sleon Productions podcast, where we interview authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs. Uh, today, we have an author, uh, Paul Power. He is part of the Health Help Men space. He's also host of the Come Out Man podcast, and, and, and he is a new author of a book called Everything I Wish I Knew When I Was 18, Advice for Young Men to Create a Great Eye for Themselves. Paul, welcome to the Sleon Productions podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. So Paul and I, uh, we have crossed uh, paths, but online, digitally, and um, many health men's group. You know, a lot of the guys need help. You know, we need coaching. We need advice. You know, there are times where, like, man, we're stuck in certain situations and business, health, and maybe women <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and Paul is in this space, and we have a lot in common. And I I listen to his podcast religiously every week it, it, because it because provides a lot of uh, high quality content. Paul, tell us a little bit
1: about yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, so, like you mentioned, met in in uh, similar circles. Uh, I came out of a a men's group on Facebook. This was like several years ago because I uh, I went through a divorce, and then like a lot of guys, you know, was out of practice dating for. Ooh, 15 years at that point had no idea what I was doing I was just floundering around the dating circuit dating has changed quite, quite a bit since when I was uh, a kid you know when I was a kid uh, when I say kid I mean like a teenager you know and, and back in the Navy days this was like you know internet was in its infancy there wasn't dating apps there wasn't social media so to go meet girls like you would get together with your boys get in a car and go down to the mall and go cruising for chicks you know like that was what you would do on a Saturday night and then Uh, you would organically, you know, holler at girls and stuff. You know, you'd you'd see like a a car full of girls would be a car full of guys. You guys would pull up at the streetlight and you'd, you know, roll down the window. Hey, you know, hey, what's up? Like, that's how you would guys would meet girls, you know, and girls were out there expecting that because that's how girls met guys. You know, now it's like it's a totally different market. And uh, and just navigating that, Uh, I was struggling. Plus, at that time, too, after the divorce, I was – you know, 50 pounds overweight. i let myself go because I was one of those guys that I got married and was like, I don't have to try anymore. You know, I already got her. <laughs> right. I think that's a big mistake that most guys make. And so, yeah, I just I floundered around for like 11 months, found myself in a relationship um with some girl that was kind of a chubby chaser. And I ended up jumping all in on this one gal, uh, which a lot of guys do. Right. The first girl that's nice to them, they're like, oh, <laughs> I'm in love. And they just immediately go go all in. And so I was in a relationship with that chick for, for four and a half years. I call her Red Pill Chick on my, my channel. It was during that relationship that I lost all the weight. Um, she, uh, one of the blessings of that relationship was she got me really into self-help books. I had never read a self-help book or self-improvement book in my life until I met her. She was really big into audio books. So I started listening to those on audio. So after that relationship ended, um, I found myself back on the dating circuit, but, and I was, I was able to get more dates because I was in better shape and, um, and, and that, but I just couldn't keep chicks around for more than like a date or two. And, uh, and then they would ghost me and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why am I repelling women? And why has the, the, the two biggest relationships I've had in my adult life failed? I like I'm the common denominator here. What am I doing wrong? And so I started listening to books on dating and relationships, and that's that led me to books like No More Mister Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover, uh, How to Be a Three Percent Man by Corey Wayne, uh, Dating Essentials for Men by Dr. Robert Glover, Atomic Attraction by Christopher Campbell, but and a whole slew of other books, right? And that's what led me into the to the the men's group that I ended up finding myself in, and. While I was studying this stuff, I was going out and practicing and being in a part of that men's group, which is join a men's group like that and swap notes, man. Like you're everyone in those groups are are trying to level up. Well, most of them are. There's also a bunch of lurkers in there that don't do anything. But the guys that are are the guys when I was in that group that were actively posting date updates, posting videos, talking about what they were doing, they're all killing it right now, you know. And so I was very active in that group. I was, I'd post my date updates, I'd post my wins, I'd post like things that didn't go right for me. And I started being so active that they ended up making me an admin in that group. And then I got this idea like and it might it'd be fun to make a podcast for the group and just interview other guys in the group and ask like how did they find themselves here and so that's how the my podcast started that was in 2020 when everybody else started a podcast. And and um and it's just been going since then. And it, and after that first year, it it just blew up because I started making TikTok videos too. I started reaching out to bigger names. Uh, I started networking more with more influential guys in the space, guys like Rolo Tomasi, um, Ryan Stone, Rich Cooper, and stuff like that. And uh, now the podcast is where it's at, and now I've written my own book, and here we are today. It's like magic. Overnight it success is. in three years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woo-hoo magic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your book?
1: Yeah. So I knew um after the 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 second year doing the podcast that I I think I wanted to write my own book. Um, but I didn't want to write just like another dating book. Um, because there, there's plenty of dating books out there already. Um, and but what I one consistent thing that I kept hearing anytime I would put out videos, especially videos that would go viral and get some traction, is guys in the comments going, Man, man, I wish I knew that when I was 18. You know, I wish I knew that but I would I would have saved myself so much trouble if I did that back when I was 20 or whatever. And and I realized that uh you know my journey to level up and you know you know just be a better man in general didn't didn't necessarily start after red pill chick. Like it started while I was dating red pill chick after my marriage. And some of that, like I said, she got me into self-help books. I think the first book I read that she introduced me to was total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. And that book taught me about money and investments and how to manage money better and how to live within my means and uh, prepare for retirement and how important preparing for retirement is. And then that led me to other books like you know Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and the that taught me about money mindset and stuff like that, and and the the idea of investing for cash flow, and um, you know what are what are assets and liabilities and stuff like that, right? And so it led me down that that path, and it was like, man, my parents never taught me any of this stuff, schools don't teach any of this stuff, and I if you would if I would have learned this at eighteen by now i would be a millionaire you know just with the time value of money if i would have started saving 15% of every paycheck from when i worked at safeway when i was in high school into a, a you know a, a like a, an ira or something like that and just kept putting that money in every payday every payday you know like it doesn't you won't even miss it and if i if i had done that when i was 18 I'd be, I'd be pretty well to do right now. I certainly would be well ready for retirement by the time I was, you know, 60 or 70, you know, but we're just not taught how to do that. Most people used to ask them, Hey, do you uh, invest in a Roth IRA? They don't even know what a Roth IRA is. They don't know the difference between a Roth and a traditional IRA is. So because I wish I knew that when I was 18, I wish I knew how to date better when I was 18. I wish I knew how to lead and manage relationships better when I was 18. I like, I wish I knew all that. Why don't I write a book on that? And I also, um, one thing that I really, like I learned back in 2006 about it, but I sort of took it in and dismissed it. But it wasn't until after Red Pill Chick that I learned about the law of attraction and really uh, started practicing it and really focusing on it. And then once I started doing that, I started seeing results. And so if you look at the book, it follows a linear path of importance of you need to master this. Then you need to work on this and this and this. Right. And then women are last women are last on that list. But if you start with the, the first chapter, which is the law of attraction is real. If you can master that, everything else will fall into place in life. And so that's how I, I laid out the book is just literally everything I wish I knew when I was 18. Um, You don't have to be 18 to read the book. Uh, Cause like I said, in the book i didn't learn all the stuff till after i was 35 uh you can you if you don't know what i'm talking about when i say roth iras and um you know asset allocation if that if that if your eyes are glazing over right now because it just doesn't make sense read the damn book right you're <laughs> you, you don't know it and, it and you need to know it if you want to be successful in life and then yeah i mean so that's that was the premise of the book yeah, your first chapter is The Law of Attraction
0: is Real. Uh, you do have a course on that, actually, besides the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a believer in the law of uh, attraction. Uh, some guys are not, because we, uh, which you and I had discussed that. There's people that don't believe in that, which I cannot believe till this day. Uh, tell us how important it is that. Obviously, the attraction rule is not
1: just on women, but on like everything else. But tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the law of attraction... It's interesting. it really became popular after the movie The Secret came out in 2006. And I think the big the big uh I don't know, uh, I guess thing that people hate about that movie is is it seems like magical thinking. If you watch the movie, it's it's it seems very woo-woo, very uh, genies granting wishes, and you know, if you just wish long enough, things will just magically show up in your life. And, uh, in fact, one of our our mutual uh, colleagues there from the group, a guy named Guy Gustafson, he and I I used to get in arguments about this all the time because he he hated law of attraction. He thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And so I listened to his critiques of it, and uh, I also talked to other guys like Dr. Robert Glover. Dr. Robert Glover, if you read any of his books, it's like he he's just constantly talking about law of attraction stuff. It's all mindset type stuff. But when I talked to Robert, Dr. Robert Glover, he was like, oh, I think the law of attraction is nonsense. And I'm like, what? Like, why do you say that? And he's like, oh, well, because it's magical thinking. He goes, it's you know, but that's not what it is. But you're you. We do get what we focus on. Your your perception is your reality and da." And I'm like, that's a law of attraction, bro. So <laughs> so that so listening to other people um, and their critiques of it led me to write the chapter the way I did. It also uh, led me to structure my course the way I did, which is um, the course is called the practical law of attraction course. And it's because I take out the chick crack, you know, chakras and, and, and crystals and genies granting wishes. There's none of that in the, in the course. I take out any kind of um, quantum science because there, there are, quantum science theories that point to the law of attraction, right? There's stuff like quantum field theory. Now there's, um, what, what else is there? There's, there's this thing called, uh, the ice I called uh, spooky action at a distance. Um, very fascinating stuff. If you go down that rabbit hole on YouTube, but it's complicated and, People's eyes glaze over when, when you try to explain to them like quarks and, and atoms and, you know, electrons and neutrons, they're like, what get out of here. So they, (laughs) so they, they don't want to hear any of that stuff. But if you say, Hey, look, if you reprogram your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind, you know, tends to create your, your actions in life and your actions create your results. Does that make sense? People are like, Oh yeah, that does make sense. Sure. Sure. Well, that's all you're really doing if you break it down into a psychological uh, you know, explanation of it. So the, the first chapter of the book talks about how to do that. How do you reprogram your subconscious mind? Because a lot of us aren't getting our, the results that we want in life because of self-limiting beliefs. And so how do you reprogram that? Well, there's different ways of doing it. One of the ways I talk about in the book is by using what's called uh, affirmations or auto suggestion, where you basically are just telling yourself something over and over again until you believe it. It's kind of like when you say a lie enough, you believe the lie. <laughs> well, same thing with the truth. You know, you might know that someone who was born in poverty can be rich. You've seen it happen. There's all sorts of rags to riches stories out there. So why can't you do it? Well, because of your self-limiting beliefs. You're like, well, I couldn't possibly do it because of X, Y, and Z. Well, those are what's called self-limiting beliefs. So to rewire those, you just tell yourself why you can do something, you know, and you just write it out and read it out loud a couple times a day. And you'll eventually start believing it. And once you believe it, you'll start moving in that direction. And it's not magic, you know? So that's really what that, that first chapter is about. And that's the, the course goes into depth on that.
0: Let's go to the most exciting part of the book, I would say, uh, obviously, about relationships, uh, women, and things like that. Um, That is something that a lot of men are clueless about, you know, when to approach, when not to approach. Is there the one? I don't believe there's the one. I believe there's, like, multiple homemates, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's your job to choose which one you want, you know, be a chooser. Uh, But, Keith, tell us a little bit about the best part uh, of the book
1: yeah i would say so the dating and spinning plates chapter is probably the longest chapter in the whole book um and that that one the the anyone could be rich chapter and the um the relationship chapter they're broken up into sub chapters because they're so long but the but the dating and spinning plates chapter if you listen on auto audio um it had to be broken up into two sections because audible won't let you have a three-hour long chapter <laughs> so it had to be broken up into two, two uh, sections for the audiobook because of that. So it's, I mean, it's, I go into depth on it. I, when I planned out that chapter, I sat down on a Sunday and just wrote out bullet points. And it was the first time I literally sat down and and went soup to nuts. Everything I've learned in the last several years on uh, sexual dynamics, social dynamics and, and dating and stuff. And it was just like, Damn, you know, it was a lot of information. I spent like eight hours just writing out bullet points, and I had like four or five pages of bullet points that I needed to cover in order to be as comprehensive as possible without doing like a in-depth eating book, right? So, largely, if you just want to get down to it, what we're what you're doing in that chapter is you're testing for interest, you're walking through open doors, you're you're learning when to walk away from women that aren't showing high interest from you, you're learning how to uh, use things like hypergamy and um, social proof and um what, what's the what's the term I'm looking for here? Pre-selection. So social proof and pre-selection to your advantage to boost your attractiveness to women. And you know it's a lot of the stuff is', is counterintuitive. You know, a lot of guys aren't taught this stuff. A lot of guys are are. a lot of guys have an idea of romance and what women want based on what women say and like rom- romance n- movies and stuff like that, which very, it very much paints a blue pill idealism of, of relationships and love. But that's not what women respond to. So this whole the whole entire chapter is about what women actually respond to based on just years, years of guys out in the field testing what worked and disregarding what didn't work and then coming together in forums, like the ones that you and I met in and said, Hey man, this worked for me. This didn't work for me. Right. And so all the guys are like, okay, well, I'll try that. Oh crap. That does work for me. Let me, let me add that to my tool book. Right. That's, um, that's really what it comes down to. So it's like, it's funny because we, us guys, you know, guys like me, uh, will put out, content on the internet we're like hey do x y and z because you'll get better results and you'll get women in the comments going no that's not true that's not true and it's like yeah it's totally true you know in and, in and, and, and the and guys that are out there going not just listening to what i'm saying but going out there and practicing it are finding it to be true as well and they're like damn <laughs> damn like this is ridiculous it shouldn't work this way but it does and it's it's funny because a lot of it is subconscious. A lot of women don't really realize what they want. They don't they you know they think they want certain things may, mainly because society says X, Y, and Z, but they respond to something completely different because of evolutionary biology, and evolutionary psychology. It's it's a fascinating phenomenon. So so yeah, so the book talks about that. How to um, different ways of testing for interest. It talks about how to set the tone and taking the lead. Cause most guys don't know how to do that. Most guys are very passive. Most guys can't make a damn decision to save their life. They're wishy-washy themselves, which I hate to say it. You're acting like a woman. If you can't make a damn decision, you're acting like a woman, you know, and women don't typically want to date other women, except for the lesbians, you know, shout out to the lesbians out there. But, <laughs> um, but guys don't realize that because like you said earlier, we're raised, in this culture of um it's almost like feminism and guys are raised to be defective women and uh so all this stuff is counterintuitive to what culture says but when you break it down um there is no equality in the sexual marketplace and you know we do fall back to our animal instincts when it comes to attraction and you you got to learn how to take use it um use it to your advantage and figure out what, what women respond to. And once you do and you make it a part of who you are, it, it becomes effortless, you know? And I think that's the big key because a lot of guys look at some of the stuff and they're like, Oh, juice ain't worth the squeeze. Oh, it's, that sounds like a lot of work. And it's like, dude, it's not work. Once you make it a part of who you are, you know, it's just hundred percent. It's just yeah. what you do on a daily basis.
0: And I want to piggyback on, you know, a lot of guys look at like the movies, like, guys, that's not how women like guys, you know, like a guy chasing a woman down the whole city. And then all of a sudden, you know, she she wants to marry you. That's not how it works, you know? And a lot of guys is, you know, they have no guide out there. And now there's more material like your book, Paul, where they can say, okay, I can read the attraction. I know this girl's interested. She's looking at me. She's smiling at me. Let me approach her. Or she's asking a lot of questions. Like, wow, let me get her number. Mm -hmm. And And what you were saying about like the animal, uh, the 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 uh, the um, animal instincts—you gotta embrace it. You know, if you're attracted, she's attracted. Go ask for her number. You know, don't be scared. Like you're gonna get like uh, accused for sexual harassment. You gotta go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't approach in a creepy way, um, chicks are usually like they're pretty cool. You know, it turns out women are people. It's weird. It's weird if you just talk to them like they're people. You don't go up and say, "Hey, you want to." suck my whatever. Like, (laughs) you know, like if you just approach them and and talk to them, like, Hey, what's your name? You know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Was that easy? In a a confident way, just, you know, start talking to them. Uh, You're in a cereal aisle and and, uh, they're looking at cereal and you go, you know, you can't go wrong with captain crunch. Like that's not a creepy thing to say. You're literally just, you know, testing for interest. If she's, if she doesn't want to talk to you, she turns and walks away. That's her problem. Not your problem. You know? Um, One thing that guys complain about a lot is mixed signals. Oh, there's women with the mixed signals. Women, I, I talk about that in depth, right? Women don't put off mixed signals if you stop listening to what they say and pay attention to what they do. You know, if you their actions never lie. So if, if you have a girl that's always sweet to you and she always seems interested, but every time you ask for her number, she won't give it to you or you ask her on a date. She won't go out with you. That tells you everything you need to know. There is no mixed signals there. Her action says that she's not interested. Now you need to stop yeah. talking to her and talk to the next chick. There's always another woman. You know what I mean? But most guys don't do that. They're like, I don't understand. She just seems so nice to me. I think she's into me. No, no, you're projecting your attraction level onto her. It's, it's not reciprocal. She's just being nice. You know what I mean? Um, And women, they've, they're, they're programmed to uh, spare our feelings. So they won't, they won't be straight up and say, you know what? I'm not interested in you because other guys will lose their minds with that. What, what am I not good enough for you? It's like, Women are, are not stupid. They've been bred to take our egos into consideration. And so they're, they'll treat you nice and lead you on, And but their actions never lie.
0: Uh, so, and I I, I want to have a disclosure. I mean, uh, I've been studying this for the past couple of years. Um, actually, first started about 10 years ago. And I always been drawn into this type of subject line about like masculinity and femininity, also law of attraction and it's just I love it. I love this topics, you know, even though I'm a tech person and I like almost like sports, but this stuff is very important. A lot of guys should know this. Um a so right towards the end you talk about long-term relationships. You have, also have a good uh, big chapter on that. Uh, uh tell us a little bit about that part of the book.
1: Yeah, so so long-term relationship chapter is really about how to uh maintain a relationship long term. And it's it's important to know that it's not the finish line. You know, a lot of guys are like, I'm just out there dating until I get a girlfriend. I'm just out there leveling up and going to the gym and trying to be the most attractive guy I can until I get a girlfriend. And then they they stop doing that. They stop taking their girl on dates. They sit on the couch. They they gain weight. They just play video games. They don't do anything to maintain that relationship. And the thing is, um it's not, it's, there's no finish line. It's you, there's, there's no end game, right? Some guys think that uh, marriage is the end game, right? Like, Oh, once I put a ring on it, I don't have to try anymore. No, no, bro. Like look at the, look at the, the the divorce rate, you know, it's like that, that should tell you that it does not ever stop. Right. So one of the things that I I, I try to make clear in the long-term relationship chapter is that it's game on hard mode. You know, one of the things that guys, once they, if they master the dating and spinning plates chapter, what they'll find is that it's much easier to deal with women in their bad behavior because they can just next a girl, right? Oh, I don't have to deal with her anymore. I've got three other girls I'm talking to, whatever, right? If you have one girl and you don't have any other girls in any other options, uh, your girl has no competition anxiety anymore. She has no reason to act better except for you setting the tone and leading, right? That's the only incentive she has to being good, right? And we, and women are, are only as uh, (laughs) they're only, they're only as shitty as we allow them to be, right? So there's the, the whole chapter is all about how to maintain your attractiveness and keep that edge and keep using her hypergamy to your advantage throughout a, a whole uh, long-term relationship right and there's stuff in there about dread game there's stuff in there about how communication really isn't the key to a healthy relationship as much as much as people would think right and and i should say to a point right cuz women aren't mind readers either you, you know women expect us to read their mind but uh women aren't mind readers and we're not mind readers so there is communication has its place right but if your woman is acting like really terrible you giving her some ultimatum that you're not going to make good on isn't going to help your case it actually puts her at a higher level than you which is using hypergamy against you and it's not showing strength it's like it all it does is validate her opinion that you're uh you're a loser right and that's why and she shouldn't have to respect you and stuff like that so there's things in there that talk about how to handle situations like that in the book. And and basically you have to do what you did from the beginning, right. To attract her in the first place, you've got to keep taking her on dates. You got to keep going to the gym. You got to keep working on yourself and leveling yourself up and being the best possible version of yourself. So that when she looks at you every day, hyperchemy is asking the question, is he the best I can do? If that answer is yes, she's going to stick around and put investment in that relationship. If the answer is no, I can do better, she's going to start looking elsewhere. You see what I'm saying? So the whole chapter is about maintaining attractiveness in the long term.
0: Well, there you have it, Paul, Howard, everything I knew before, uh, everything I wish I knew when I was 18. Awesome book. Uh, so Paul, there it is. How
1: can people get that book right now? If you you can find it on Amazon, if you just look it up, uh, everything I wish I knew when I was 18, or if you go to books.comonmanpod.com, that will redirect you to my author's page on Amazon. Um, it's available in paperback, hardcover, Kindle. Paul,
0: tell us one thing that you want uh, for this book to, to, to speak to you for a guy. Like what's like the one main phrase? What's the one thing you want uh, people to get out of this book?
1: What I really want, what, I, what would consider, I would consider this book a success is if uh, someone gives this to an 18-year-old kid and he takes the advice, which th- that by itself would be a tall order because everybody knows when they're teenagers, they, they think they know everything already. You can't tell them anything. They think they know it all. But if, if one kid out there reads this book, applies the knowledge, and becomes a success in life, I'll consider this book a success. So that's, that's what I'm, that's what uh, I, I would say about the book. Well, um, I am 38
0: years old and I can tell you one thing. I wish I knew this stuff when I was 18, hundred percent.
1: Oh dude, I'm 44. I wish <laughs> no. I wish I knew this when I was 18
0: for sure. But everything happens for a reason. It's okay. Everyone has a different timeline, but, uh, but yes, if you're 18 and, and I know some young kids listen to this podcast, get this book. You know, you learn a lot in life. You save a lot of time. Um, I remember one guy was telling me, hey, if you talk to like rich billionaires, they'll tell you everything and you'll get ahead a little bit, obviously. So, uh, Paul, what is the best way to reach you online?
1: Also, your podcast. Um, If you go to ComeOnManPod.com, that'll take you to my my beacons, uh, you know, link tree type thing Uh, there. You can find the podcast. You can find the books. You can find the autograph editions. If you want to get on the list, those are all in back order right now. Um, You can order my courses or do one-on-one coaches uh, coaching through there. And you can find me on all my socials through there too. So yeah, just go to comeonmanpod.com
0: everything i wish i knew when i was 18 you get on amazon or you go uh you go to the come on man right or come on man pod
1: come on dot man, man pod.com .com. or just look up come on man podcast on your favorite podcast platform
0: uh for sure recommend it i know i mean i've uh, known paul for about a year and a half go get it anyways paul i appreciate you coming on to this leon productions podcast
1: yeah anytime man